Hello and welcome back to Fitness or Fiction. Today we are having an episode called Real Talk. You know, we talk about issues often. We try to be really upfront with things. Uh, we decided that it would probably be good to just talk about something that we're dealing with right now and, and some of the implications and, and realizations we're having. Yeah, man. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the hype of the health and fitness industry. Every week, we dig into a new topic and help you wade through the real information to make solid decisions on your fitness journey. Okay, so let's let's frame this story. There's a war going on right now in uh, the Ukraine. Mm. I don't know if you say the Ukraine or just Ukraine. I think it's just Ukraine. Yeah. But anyways, there's a war going on there. There's a lot of stuff that that impacts. So I have this guy reach out that is a world-class weightlifter and he's moving to Canada. He's been fighting in the war. Uh, he wants to get his family out and come to Canada. I'm like, amazing. That's, oh, that's good. Um, he says, you know, would you be interested in, in, in doing some sort of employment venture? And I said, absolutely, I would, for sure. Let's talk more, whatever. Once he arrives, I realize that he's on what's called a provisional suspension. Mm-hmm. So Dimitro Chumak is his name. Um, he came in sixth at Rio. He's two-time European champion. The guy snatched 190 kilos and clean and jerked like 235. Mm-hmm. Incredibly powerful man. And I'm like, well, he might know a few things about weightlifting. That would be great to bring to Alberta. So now once he gets here, I realize, okay, he's on a provisional suspension. Are you familiar with what a provisional suspension is? Well, I could just take the context of the words being he's probably suspended in the province. Well, so a provisional suspension is that there's been accusations relating to doping made. Keep in mind, these are alleged events. So they're alleging that he failed to do a urine test. So they accused him of doping. That's right. Doping being what exactly? So... Anything on the World Anti-Doping Association's list of prohibited substances. There's a banned banned There's supplement. There's a bad list. substance list. Do you know right? how much, how many supplements there are oh, on that it's list? Huge. It's huge. It's a big list. Yeah, it's a big list. Even like too much caffeine can be a problem. Like there's a lot of things that you got to watch out for. Like taking the wrong cold medicine could have ephedra in it, and all these things that can help your performance. So, mm. the World Anti-Doping Association or WADA um, holds people to account to make sure that they're not cheating in in sport. That's, yeah. that's what they do. There's this other association. I think it's ATI, and, and they're responsible for carrying out the tests and things like this. And the doping control officer, the DCO, made this report that just to me seemed totally outlandish. So there's these accusations of, oh, couldn't find him, and then we found him, and then he couldn't pee, and then he was like, oh, no, I've been taking something for my knee, and like all of these things that it's weird. We have this person that's passed 33 doping tests, never had a problem. And then all of a sudden just like falls off of the rails and like everything's to the wind. Mm-hmm. So it seems to me like a little bit of, there's, there's some inconsistency there. Like I don't know the validity of that, but talking to Dimitro, it is not valid. So then I started talking to him. A, a provisional suspension is we've suspended you until we resolve this case. Well, this was in May, 2020. Oh, so it's been a minute. So has he been, obviously he, like he's been to Canada and then gone back to Ukraine to the no. war? No, he just got here in December, and he's still here. He's staying here. Um, but so once he arrives and I realize the situation, I send out 
a letter to the Alberta Weightlifting Association. Um, we're under what's called the Canadian Centre for Ethics in Sport, um, and that means that we have a Canadian anti-doping policy, CADP. And under that policy, if somebody's on a suspension or a sanction, which is one that's once they come to an, a resolution and they present all the things, um, you can't be coaching an active athlete in the association. Mm -hmm. So I, I read up and I understood the CCES and I reached out and I said, listen, I've hired this employee. Even though this is the case, I've decided to hire him anyways because I think it's the right thing to do. He's a good guy that has some allegations against him and he's come here with his family. He has a lot to offer our country. He's got a really good um, mindset. He's, he's here to do good. So listen, I've hired him and I understand we have some restrictions. He can't be coaching people that are currently uh, members of a competitive sport association that is under the Canadian Centre for Ethics and Sport and the Canadian Anti-Doping Policy. Mm -hmm. So here are the things that I'm doing to make sure that nobody unwittingly ends up being trained by him and could be sanctioned just because they've been coached by him. They send back, well, we need to send an email out to all of our members. Like, well, I don't believe that you do at all. Like, if I'm doing these steps, then nobody's going to be at risk. Mm -hmm. But whatever, they send it out. Be aware, this guy's in the in the province. They act like he's trying to do something dubious, which he's not. He's a straight criminal. Straight up criminal, like guilty till proven innocent. Mm -hmm. And I don't appreciate it because they're misrepresenting. They're saying you shouldn't even be associating or talking to him. And the, the policy under the CCES says, you know, complicity, like if you're helping them do something wrong, like, be coaching people under the table or something or if you're involved with them associated with them as a support person for contest meaning dietary advice exercise advice coaching yeah but they're misrepresenting it to be like oh you're not even allowed to train on the same platform and athletes just just to be clear athletes did wonder about that based on their communication because they were contacted in cces to be like oh no he's in the club can i be sanctioned mm -hmm. which is ridiculous so we have an association that's now trying to limit somebody's ability to build a business, even though I've said we're not going to do anything with competitive athletes because we don't want to cause any problems. Yeah. And then on top of that, they're reaching out to the CCES and they're sending me borderline threatening emails saying when you get your AWA membership back to coach your current um, people, you could be sanctioned. I'm like, no, as an employer, I cannot be sanctioned. He's not doing anything wrong. I would not approve of him doing anything wrong or be party to it so no like i am not complicit in anything he hasn't done anything wrong number one and number two i've i've not told him to do anything wrong he's not going to mm -hmm. so why are we acting like this and it's, it's really weird for me to treat a refugee like this does that not strike you as odd yeah it seems like maybe they're taking the issue hyper serious for some reason like clearly he's an elite level weightlifter who could offer anybody who's interested in weightlifting good technical advice and feedback. Like With one restriction, not current competitive athletes. Yeah. Which like I'm fine. not a, I'm not a competitor, competitive weightlifter. I've never been interested in hitting a platform competitively. Could he help you a thousand? Could he percent. help me? But if I'm in the club while you're coaching one of your competitive athletes, that they're going to be really dicey about that, obviously, right? Just because he's in the same room as a competitive athlete? That's no. Uh, no, not at all. Well, that's what it sounds like, though. That's that's what they've been presenting, but that's not what the policy says. Yeah. So the 
the people that are trying to read this, they aren't lawyers. My lawyer is a lawyer, a contract lawyer. We went through the whole thing. And it's like, just because I'm employing him doesn't mean I'm at risk. Mm-hmm. He's not presenting anybody who's in, in a competitive environment with any support. So he's not, he's not causing a problem. And my, my business is very separate. My weightlifting team is mine. He doesn't help with that. So he could be training on another platform right beside my team. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. As soon as he decides that he's going to start coming and coaching, it's different. But this is, this is why I wanted to talk about this. It's really weird. Like you make some nice, clear definitions and then there's people that think, oh, well, that's muddy. It's like, it's not muddy. My, my team is coached by me. There's no programming. There's no advice at all. We're clear on that. There's a separation. And my private weightlifting team is not part of how movement Academy the same way that he is. Mm-hmm. Like I'm employing him as how under Howden Movement Academy, whereas my private weightlifting team is a whole different entity. Yeah. So it, to me, it's just really interesting that in the world at large, you're innocent until proven guilty. But when it comes to doping, it's the opposite. Do you think it has anything to do with like any weird politics going on behind the scenes or like there's a special focus on him? I can't speak towards the special political underpinnings of it, but I can speak to the idea that he doesn't even really understand everything. And the letters that he sent me were in English. He's just started learning English like a month and a half ago. Mm -hmm. So in 2020, when they were presented, I'm sending currently sending them a letter to say, was this presented in Russian or Ukrainian for him? Yeah. Like there's a lot of stuff that to me doesn't seem like it's been taken care of. For instance, having this case not resolved two years into the matter Mm -hmm. like that's that's a serious issue this guy missed the olympics because of this what's the what's the rules then like if he missed a p test do you get a certain like amount of time to make it up or like how how how, like why hasn't it been resolved in this long time frame this is this is my real question i've got to dig into this and i'm sending letters to this group that's in europe i think it's ati and um I'm trying to get answers out of them. Like, what's your documentation? Like, did the, did these events actually happen? Are there verification for these events? Um, if you say that he admitted to using something, there should be documentation where he would where he would certify that that's the case. But in in sport, if you fail to do a urine test, it's the same as testing positive. And you can see why that might be because somebody that doesn't want to take their P test is likely because they know something's going to be found, right? Yeah. So I, I understand why they treat it that way. And just for the record, I'm, I'm behind this stuff. Like you want to you wanna make sure that people are competing on the same and appropriate level. That's, that's fair. Call me ignorant because I am ignorant to the sport, but... You ignorant. As, as more of a professional in like competitive weightlifting and stuff like that, I feel, or anybody who's listening to this who is maybe just like more of a casual gym goer, I fail to understand why just because he was like allegedly doping why he cannot give technical advice to somebody competitive because it's not like if you were like eric i'm on some good sauce man you should take this sauce and do these bicep curls i'd be like i don't want the sauce but i'll do the curls like if you gave me technical advice i would take your technical advice under advisement but if you were like take these drugs i'd be like nah i don't need those drugs so like they don't go hand in hand you know what i mean like and maybe that's because i'm ignorant to the sport but they can though they can but that doesn't and that's wouldn't that be on the the organization though to actually just piss test that athlete to ensure that they're not doping it's expensive though right so mm. what they're trying to do is mitigate the amount of challenge they w- they're working with. So uh, picture this. You, you have known a few people in the gym over the years that are 
are doing Saucy. sauce, right? Saucy, yeah. Yeah, the saucy minxes, you know? Yeah. Uh, but people in their crew, are they more likely or less likely to be on sauce? I guess more Do you likely. tend to see it spread a little bit? Yeah, I guess. Right? So, like, that's what they're trying to mitigate. Like, the, and they got a tough job because everything that they establish as a protocol to, us, to figure out the metabolites that are present when somebody takes a certain agent. Mm-hmm. Everything that they have to do to do that, the people on the other end, there are countries in the world where they're actively trying to figure out ways around it. Mm-hmm. So, like, they have a hard job, and I understand that, and I'm behind their mission to keep sport safe and clean. But I don't think that everything's been taken care of in this circumstance. And this is a provisional suspension, so it hasn't been resolved. So it's like, okay, that's the case. But why do people treat this individual who's a fantastic person with any sort of disdain or or negative outcome whatsoever because we don't we don't actually know the case yet like this which is why I say the guilty till proven innocent thing people just act like he's well you got to stay away from him and and whatever it's like no he's a fantastic individual you're not gonna get in trouble for talking to a nice person mm-hmm. you, you can't have your personal conversations all of a sudden become a problem that that's what I would call overreach so it's muddy waters being like if Dimitri was in the club and you were training your weightlifting team and he went up and said, hey, man, that looks really good. And somebody could take that as like a form of coaching or encouragement. And then all of a sudden it gets shaky. I don't think it's as shaky as they act like it, I just we have good boundaries. Like I told him like this. These are the things you're dealing with. Here's nice and clear. Here's what they're saying. His ban could be up to six years. Mm hmm. Right. And what they're trying to do is ruin somebody's weightlifting career if they're found doping, which is because there's been a lot of challenges with doping. Like medals go up the chain to a different person because the two people above them were doping. That's what happened to Christine Girard. And that's that sucks because she was robbed of her gold medal podium with the Canadian anthem playing. Yeah. And then getting uh, the medal like three years later, like, oh, sorry, we have to. But here's a medal for you. Like nobody cares at that point. It's like in the heat of the moment. And this is a real circumstance. This has happened. Right. So like I do get this. But even though all of that's important, it's like, well, maybe maybe we should understand what the actual policies are. If he's on the platform, is anybody going to get sanctioned? No. Like if they wanted to sanction somebody, would they have to prove some sort of complicity to an action that's not right yeah they would it's like well Demetrio was on the platform when your team was well that's fantastic you can talk to all five of my people I'm their coach I do their programming they're not taking any dietary or exercise advice this is on the up and up he's allowed to exist as a person but there is a there is a differentiation here like if there's a, if there's a club that's being that's being helped by the AWA or, or funded by the AWA he would not be allowed to train in there because it's all competitive athletes. It's being funded by the AWA and, and given subsidies. Mm-hmm. So then that's when it would be like, no, that's a problem. But a private club like Evolve, it's not an issue whatsoever. So like to summarize, that's like your biggest frustration then is the fact that like they're trying to get sticky with him, like just his presence around the weightlifting club. Could you imagine? Because there's multiple weightlifting clubs in here. What if he gave somebody else uh, advice that wasn't on your team? Like if let's say there was no coaches in the building, he was lifting and some guy was like, oh man, I'm struggling with this. And he's not allowed to give them any lifting advice. Basically. Yeah. And it, like, obviously and that would be hard to, I'm fine. With, I'm actually okay with that. 
like having nice clear boundaries I'm fine with but treating somebody who's just trying to get out of a bad situation and make good going forward it's like oh man so I'm, I'm really looking forward to having some more conversations I've, I've opened up a dialogue with the CCES and they've been fantastic and I'm going to open up a conversation with ATI too and try to get to the bottom of what's going on and for me I'm like man this guy is he's a really nice dude like him and his, he's a family man. He's a nice guy. He ha obviously has world-class skills in this sport. And what I'm trying to get across is let's get to the truth of the matter so that we can move forward. And let's say he has a four-year ban. Fine, serve your four-year ban. And after that, really improve the sport. And we should treat him really well because could he have a positive impact? Yes. Is he if you treat him like he's a bag of dirt? No. Mm -hmm. Just run him right out of the sport just because there's a question that's a tough thing for me so you think this is just like affecting his livelihood overall not even in the sport but it's going to affect like his business yeah like well imagine what it would do to your psyche you leave a war-torn country you've had a bad thing happen and then everybody scatters so you don't even have the officials around to help you through it mm -hmm. you're on the front line shooting um javelin missiles at russian positions and then all of a sudden you're in Canada learning a new language trying to get started and the way that people are treating you is with borderline disdain over an accusation mm -hmm. can you imagine what that would do to your psyche not even just your livelihood but also your psyche like this is a long process for them to even just try to get to the bottom of this then like it feels like it's going to be really drawn out yeah it's going to it's going to be a challenge I think I don't know like I I think that the amount of money that it would take to get a lawyer to actually resolve it would be something like 20,000 US dollars. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm not going to be investing that amount of money, but I am going to put some time into start trying to get a dialogue going with them to resolve this because he is committed to safe sport. You've talked to him a lot about it and he wants to move forward properly and make sure that everything's dealt with. But Right now, we, we need to get to the bottom of like, okay, so why has this been said? Why hasn't he had justice and an outcome yet? Why hasn't that happened? Mm -hmm. And why is it that all of a sudden, like, we go from 33 urine samples and negative doping tests to all of a sudden there's this outlandish story of like, well, yeah, we couldn't find him, then we found him, and then he couldn't pee, and then he was saying that he's taking things. And like, does that sound reasonable to you? It sounds unclear if they found him and he's not peeing and he's taking things for his knee. Like, obviously, that needs to be clarified, like what he was taking for the knee and whatever else is going on. Yeah, when I talked to him, he's like, no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> like he says he wasn't taking anything? Correct. So they just making shit up then? That's what it seems like. And that's like. in Ukraine. That was yeah. like that, that, that happened in the Ukraine. That's right. See, so like... There could be weird political shit going on behind the scenes on that side of the fence. Seems sticky to me. It it could be the case. I don't I don't have all the documents and all the information, but I've talked to the Russia's Russia's not a part of the Olympic weightlifting scene anymore, right? They're like Russia is absolutely part of WADA. There's Russians in WADA. There's Russians in ATI. There's there's a lot of countries. I don't I don't know all of the details on what happened, but I do know that when I talk to Dimitro, he looks at me. He's like, dude, no. This is not the case at all. Hmm. And that's, that is really tough to deal with, especially when I'm talking to a guy that has been really fantastic and he's getting painted with a certain brush. It's like, man, you can actually see how it impacts his life. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. hmm. 
But at the end of the day, that's what we're dealing with. So the question is, why talk about this? Well, this is, this is a real thing that's going on. And we talked about Liver King a few weeks ago, right? I love Liver King. <laughs> Liver King's so funny. He's off the sauce now. No. He's going straight natty. Is that what he said? That's what he says. I don't believe them, but, you know, teach their own. <laughs> Speaking of piss tests. <laughs> yeah. His piss but test would uh, melt the cup. After talking about that end of it, I thought it would be kind of valuable just to talk about, like, here's a real live circumstance that I'm really close to. I didn't anticipate having a circumstance like this that I'd be dealing with. But, like, what is my role in this? I'm trying to give a really solid guy a good opportunity in a new country without causing any problems or breaking any rules. And what I've been met with is like multiple really scathing um, conversations with people. And it's, it's shocking to me. And it's a provincial restriction. So he could go to BC and compete? No, it's, it's a provisional suspension. Oh, provisional. So a provisional suspension means that this is in place until we hand you your sanction. Mm. Which is, again, this is part of my frustration. It's like, well, so we haven't actually resolved that circumstance yet. It's just a provisional suspension until it's resolved. For the last three years. Two, yeah. Two two years. Yeah. Hmm. Craziness, right? Sounds interesting. Sounds like it's going to be painful to uh, move forward. I'm hoping it's not that painful because I don't... Well, whatever. I'll work through pain. That's okay. I would do a lot to help a good guy out. I would. Yeah. So. Well, I found that interesting. Yeah, if you're here and you're still watching and you're not a competitive athlete and you want to learn about the sport of weightlifting. <laughs> no, Dimitro's a good coach too. Like, it's not just weightlifting. He's also really good as far as strength and conditioning and, and, and just um, basic lifting as well. So uh, it's really interesting for me to just look at the, the way that this is all played out. Do we want to keep down, going down this rabbit hole of my random questions? Do it. What if Dimitri coaches me for the next two years? And then I say I want to compete afterwards. I think that would be okay. That's stupid then. Well, but you're not held to you're not held to the limitations of policy if you're not a member that would be under that jurisdiction. So if you compete if I competed one time, then all of a sudden I'm in that like I'm looped into those categories of like if you decided you were gonna compete, you would need to stop coaching. With him. Correct. But nobody will know that until I decide. So if I did a first, like my first, I trained with him for two years, and I'm like, I'm competing, so I'm, he's not my coach anymore. I compete once, and I'm like, that was my only competition ever, and I take a year off, coach with him for another year, and then be like, you know what? I'm coming back for round two. Yeah. That's uh, silly. Well, it, it's the same thing as l let's say somebody is taking some sort of performance-enhancing agent. Let's say it's SARMs, selective mm -hmm. uptake androgen receptor modulators. Um, if you're taking something that's not allowed, the rules dictate that you can't be taking it while you're competing. Yeah. Like, they don't want you to take it in your off-season either, which is why they do off-season testing and random tests and things like this. But really, what are they... What are they doing? They're doing the best thing that they can do, which is like they can't test the entire Canadian population just in case they compete, right? So at the end of the day, the policy is like, do you, has, do you think that there's ever been a person that did a whole ton of juice and then went clean for like six months or a year and then competed? And then competed? That, well, that's where my brain was going. 
I absolutely I, think I did that's juice happened. for 10 years and just worked on flawless technique and then started bringing home gold medals. Yeah, well, and, and the conversation on that that would be really interesting is to see what sort of outcome would stick around when you're not on that anymore. I was going to ask you that if you knew roughly what the outcome would be. If I did sauce for two years, how much of that do you actually keep after the fact? I don't know, but the one thing that I do know. You mean all of your steroid use? <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, I'm going to speak it's for my joke. zero experience. He's going to yeah. slap me. So what I can say is that when somebody has achieved a certain level, it is easier to hold that level than to get to that level in the first place. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying there? So like think about people in the gym where you've seen somebody that was really strong, like no juice, no anything. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. They've trained up to a particular level. Let's say they're deadlifting 500 pounds. Is it going to be easier for them to do that again or for another person, the same body weight to do it in the first place? It's going to be easier for them to get back there than it would be for somebody else to get there in the first place. Yes. That I know. I've seen that multiple times. People call it muscle memory. It's actually neurology, but... I've seen that with, um, or like at least conversations about that with the juice as well. Being like, if you juice, like if me and you both started when we were 20 years old and you juice for 10 years and I went clean for 10 years, 20 years down the road, my longevity and uh, results would be more long lasting than yours because it came too quick, I guess. Yeah, well, there's some really interesting concepts there because I think that one of the challenges people run into, you see ruptures often. Mm -hmm. And a muscle rupture usually happens because the muscle has gotten stronger than the tendon could withstand. Yeah, and that's kind of hand-in-hand hand with steroids. That's hand-in-hand hand with really fast results, Yeah, which can be brought on by performance-enhancing agents. So at the end of the day, when you're looking at this, it's like, well, if you get unnaturally fast results can there be more problems yeah there can we've we've seen a lot of challenges with really competitive bodybuilders having heart attacks early and things like this so we know that there are challenges out there that can happen but you know the big thing that i would say is like when it comes to the way that that the rules are formulated they have to formulate them in a structure that actually makes sense logistically as well so like th that same thing i, I Somebody could absolutely coach and, you know, get a passion for this. And knowing what I know of Demetrio, he's not going to tell people to take steroids. I know that. But how can somebody like the World Anti-Doping Association know that? Which is why they restrict the coaching activities, right? Yeah. So I get why they do it. And I, I'm going to hold to all of those policies. I actually don't have any problem with those policies. The problem that I have is when people assume because there was an allegation that he's going to go ahead and do something wrong in the future. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, no. No, like we've talked about that. He has no intention of doing anything outside of what he should, even if it seems a little bit heavy handed. He's fine with it. He's like, no, I've never wanted to break any rules. Yeah. Which, again, just kind of leads me back to my frustration. I'm like, I got a really good family man sitting in front of me, world class guy that's trying to move forward. Why would we limit that? So his intention right now, then, obviously, he's not here to speak for himself. So I'll speak for him. Just kidding. Well, you can speak for everyone yeah. in the room, right? Um his intention then is just to like essentially build his business and set up his life here. Correct. Like just build up a personal training business and set up his life, build his coaching, build a personal training business within the structures that have been identified and get life going in a safer place. Yeah. I think that's something that I can get behind. And that's, that's why I ended up being like, you know what, you've had some stuff go on and um, I think that you can actually still work with us. Mm -hmm. So, well, interesting. Maybe we'll provide an update to this in the future. 
Maybe we'll have to meet you one one day. We could. I would talk to a guy who can squat houses. Yeah. Especially large houses. I squat dog houses. That's about all my squat is. Snoopy's house? Snoopy's house. Well, thanks for the, the chit chat. Always uh, a pleasure, dude. If anyone has any uh, commentary, I guess we'd love to hear a side, a side view, whether you're a professional athlete or just a casual peasant like myself. Yeah, man. You know, I'd, I love to hear opinions. And I know that there's people on different sides of this thing. It's like, well, you know, even if there's a question, then it's a problem. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting mad at anybody or anything. I'm just frustrated for the guy in front of me. That's all. Mm-hmm. Well, remember to hit the like button on this episode. Subscribe on the YouTubes. We'll catch you guys later. On the flippy flop. Thanks for joining us this week. We appreciate your support. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would subscribe, follow, and throw us a like on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. 